It'll be a three-man rush, eight in coverage, three in the end zone. Dalton heaves it down the right side toward the end zone. It is knocked up in the air. Oh, A.J. Green oh, makes the catch. Oh, 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 man. A deflected oh, ball winds oh, up in the hands God. of A.J. Green. The clock hits zero. Three-year-old Tony Pike waits for the snap, has the football, short drop, lobs one down the sideline for Bins, he's got it, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And a high fly ball, way back in center field, it is out of here, a grand slam home run for Joey Votto, and this one belongs to the Reds. Keep your shirt on. And last I checked, I did, yes, what? Now a steal by Gary Clark and a breakaway to the rim for a thunderous tomahawk jam. Get you one, big fella. Then a strike for Bertoni, and the magical moment belongs to Leonardo Bertoni. He opens the FC Cincinnati account with a goal in the 14th minute. Yeah, double dip on the ice cream cone. It is 2021, ladies and gentlemen. We have left 2020 in the rear view. We are on. Are we? 2021. Well, we got to. I mean, we, we tried to leave as much of the bullshit back in 2020 as we could. Unfortunately, when you do that, you leave other things back unintentionally. Like winning football games. Oh, we're going to start with that. You're right there, huh? So, gentlemen, how was your uh, your new year? It's good. Good. Hung out with the, with the kids and the wife and kept it small. They All, all, the, all the kids made it to, to midnight. Well, the oldest made it to midnight. The other two woke up literally like 20 seconds like as they were starting to count down for the ball. Ball dropped. The two youngest ones went back to bed. And my oldest one was running around like a crazy person. So I didn't even drink. Uh, that's me the first year, and I don't know how long that I didn't even drink. I watched Blow Deck all night. <laughs> what? What is that? Oh, it's, it's crazy. So you should check it out. It's fantastic. Um, I don't know that I want to know what that is. It's it's actually really good. Believe it or not, it's uh, really UNLV good. UNLV quarterback was on this season, and he got in trouble for. Him and his group of friends going on board the, the ship and eating sushi off a naked model's body. She was partially what? naked, yeah, but yeah. Well, because she was covered in sushi. Yeah. Is it is it like a reality show? Yeah. yeah. About boats? About a, a super yacht. Oh. You should check it out. While we are throwing out plugs, did want to say um, you can check us out at PTP Podcast Cincy. You can check us out on Facebook at Pardon the Punctuation. Uh, we also have the Bearcat Nation uh, Facebook group there. Um, you can also uh, check out our website, which is WordPress. Dot, what is it? WordPress PTP. Dot, WordPress. Dot PTP dot com, no, believe. you got it wrong. PTP dot WordPress. Dot com. All right. So Close enough. Be better, Aaron. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Want to get out there? Also, uh, something about Ed 15 for beard butter or something. Oh right. yeah, we'll put the beer jelly. We'll put the banner down below. Uh, check out Bossman Brands. Go to our website. 
Uh, enter Ed15 uh, to get 15% off. Some, I got a new camera, so it's, I don't know where it's at. There goes some beer jelly or whatever your beard grooming means are. Have you been using a lot of that, Ed? Your beard looks amazing. Thank you. I have been. It's been great. I just yeah. want to get all of that out of the way before we had to worry about it at the end with a whole bunch of filler. That makes sense. Right? So, getting back into what was the last game of the Cincinnati Bearcats 2020 football season. Um, I did want to point out, though, guys. You see the, the shirt? That's a nice shirt. Yeah, where'd you get that? It was a Christmas present. It came from Santa. Ooh. Hey, look at you see the shirt that came from Santa? From the authentic Bauer jersey. Mine says conference champions. Well. Nice. My wife made me this shirt. I the Riggins Riggs. I saw you tweeted that out, didn't you, Ed? Yeah. I designed it, she printed it. Did you design it or did you steal the design from somebody on the internet and then print it off? No, I designed it. Thank you. So, wanted to touch on the fact that since the last time that we talked, um, we, we did win the conference mm -hmm. against Tulsa. In the rain? In the cold? As we kicked a field goal. As the clock expired. And maybe the best moment of that entire game was after the game when Desmond Ritter was being interviewed and crying. And Mo Bamba was playing in the background. Uh, it, was, it was pretty fantastic. I'm sad because I didn't even hear Mo Bamba. Hmm? I didn't even hear Mo Bamba. Oh, that's... If you saw the video on Twitter, it was, it was everywhere, man. I know. But then we played in Atlanta, in the Georgia Dome, against the Georgia Bulldogs, which, let's be honest, that was essentially a home game for Georgia. Right. Athens is a stone's throw away from Atlanta. But it, I mean, just a, like, our home games, are they, are they really a home game? I mean, do you get the same, you know I mean, what I mean? Was, like, I felt. I, a certain capacity. I mean, they got what, like 25% or something, 20%. I mean, were they, I think they let like 18,000 fans in there. And I, I, I mean, honestly, on TV, it sounded like there were quite a few UC fans there. Um, and I don't know if you saw the videos circulating on the interwebs where in the hotel. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool doing down the drive. I feel like that hotel. I, I feel like that hotel pops up for like a lot of sporting events or like different people things sing. where pe people like people singing. are in there singing in that hotel yeah. like just ran like I don't know. It was pretty cool though. So. We did lose the game, as everybody knows. It's been a couple days now. That's not really a spoiler alert or anything. Uh, it was 24-21 to 21 as Georgia came back late in the game. And they they took the game from us, a, a game that we controlled almost the whole game. So, yeah. I would say dominated. Were, I mean, uh, I, at, I, le I, at I least. Our say, I don't think you could say dominated if you didn't win the game. I mean, up until... Uh, Okay. Yeah. Three quarters of the game, sure. Yeah. Um, before before Georgia turned the tide, I mean, it, you know, it came back, took it. Which yeah. credit to them? I mean, it was it was a hell of a game. My favorite part about it is the fact that I mean, I wanted them to look like they belonged in the game. The AAC had been embarrassed, uh, looking at 
Tulane in their bowl game, uh, looking at UCF against BYU. That was um, Tulsa lost. Um, Memphis is the only one who won a bowl game as they beat FAU. Uh, Tulsa lost a three and seven Mississippi State. Which yeah. I know it's an SEC school, but like uh, you can't lose that game um, and and hope to be mentioned in the conversation with teams that look like they belong. So I mean, you can't was, be toting around a Power Six banner um, when when that's happening. But that was what I wanted to see from Cincinnati, as you know, a lot of people were talking about maybe we belonged in the championship, um, maybe we belong in the conversation for a top 10 team. And a lot of people were discrediting it saying, well, oh, the the wins don't mean anything because it's the AAC. It's the American. Nobody cares. Blah, blah, blah. Group of five, not power five. We've heard it all before. Same song and dance we hear about any team that tries to make an impression on anybody in the power five. And since I look like they belong. I don't think there's any other argument than that. I mean, you, if somebody wants can put together an argument that says that UC didn't belong in that game or even, I mean, and then, then when you look at like what, what the semifinals gave us and you kind of knew it was, well, I take that back. The Ohio state Clemson game. I did not expect to go the way that it did. It went sideways quick. Uh, I expected it to be a competitive game. Um, It turned out it wasn't. The other game, and I'm a Notre Dame fan, like I, I just am, um, and I think we all knew where that was going to end up. Yep. And well, and I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to get on this topic too for very long. Right. At all. No. But but I did want to say, there's something to be said for the fact that I don't know Ohio State only played six games, and they were fresher than Clemson, who had played double-digit games, so you don't have the injuries, you don't have the fatigue of a season because you only played half a season, so... I mean, that, that, I mean, that's that's true, but I don't know that that was the difference. I mean, they, they went out there and and flat out and but you don't took, them that, behind, took them behind the old woodshed. I mean, but you don't think that there would have potentially been a difference had you played four more games? Maybe you have some injuries that Clemson had to go through and I mean, were, were there really any? I mean, it's not like either team was facing any opt outs, right? Um, I mean, a couple. Again, you, you, there were opt outs in that game. I thought I there was one or two. It wasn't. It wasn't anything super significant. Um, the water were, boy or something? No, there were there were some backups. I think honestly, I think it was some backups. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean. Again, I don't want. I'm not necessarily trying to make an excuse. I'm just trying to bring something else to the conversation. Yeah, no, so absolutely. In the sense that, you know, it, there is a difference between a team that having their legs under them. I mean, you see when a player comes back that, or or a team comes back that's had some time off, compared to a team like in the NBA when you go back to back nights as opposed to, you know, playing one game, having a day, two, sometimes three days off. And then playing a game like it's just different energy levels. No, I, I mean I, I agree with that as well. I mean, I also say that the UC game was probably the best game of the whole day on TV too. So it might have been the best game of the whole bowl season, to Fair be completely too. honest. I mean, it took a fifty-three yard field goal. I got uh, a game. Um, it's got and, a leg. 
And, and let me put this out there. And I don't, I mean, I'm sure some people who follow me on Twitter or whatever saw, but there was, I, re, I replied to, there there was a fan that was like, oh, it was a lucky kick. That that kick, that kick is good from like 57. That, that kid. walked out with so much swag when he walked out to go kick the ball. He looked as confident as you could possibly look and, in that situation. And it was his first very first game winning field goal right in his career. and he had just he had just kicked his his uh career long of 51 i think the week before or the game before you can't you can't tell me too that like you possibly had the shank of the punt earlier and i know he's not the punter don't get right, me right but that that's got to be in his head right, you yeah. can you can see how quickly like the and the i think kid, i want to say he's the, like a sophomore i think the punter was an all american and that that was a cold hard shank. I mean, it, it ended up being like a net yard two. Podlozny is the the. Uh, I wonder if he's any relation to Paul Podlozny, the linebacker. He was a linebacker out of uh, Boston College the same time that uh, the kid from Saint X was there, Luke. Uh, oh. Keithley. Yeah. So that that kid's a red shirt sophomore. The you, I mean, to walk out there like that on that stage. I mean, and he. Let's be honest. Perfect conditions because you're you're inside. Sure. But then I bring up the Notre Dame kicker had perfect conditions inside we and the kick and and pulled pulled one left and low. It I was like in in short. Kick was, our kick was blocked, but we missed the kick. Like again, you, these things start to build up in your head. I would think. And, the shank and you see you see missed one so you're like so oh. basically what i'm getting at is when i saw somebody say you know oh we lost on a lucky kick it wasn't yeah. a lucky kick yeah. i mean the, the the kid buried it Balls and and i mean that, that's all you can say about it i mean what can you look at it and be like well they they shouldn't have had that much time left at the end I, there's an argument know, to be made for that and, yeah. and there are i mean i think when you look back at it and you got to say like there's a couple times Ritter snaps the ball with, with 10, 11 seconds left on the on the play clock. So I mean, I, I brought this up last night on my other show, which um, you guys can feel free to check that out anytime you want at www.bearcatjournal.com. Uh, it's the uh, the Bearcat Bounce podcast. But uh, no, sometimes I, I he has internet say, connection for that too. It's, it's fine. Well, don't jinx it. So. I brought it up last night, though. One of the issues that I had with the entire way that the second half was played by Cincinnati's offense is the fact that we didn't run the ball. No. At really anything after Jerome Ford breaks off a 79-yard touchdown run. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, and I know that Georgia, that was apparently the longest kick that they had had in, like, since 2003, I believe it longest, was. Longest kick? Or, or I'm sorry, longest, longest uh, run that they, they had. Were the, they were, I think they were the top-rated run defense or the top three, like in the top three in run defense. So, like... They're also in the top three for every year for the last four years in recruiting class. Yeah. No, I mean, when it comes back down to your original point, it sucks that we lost. I, don't, I mean, obviously, nobody, <laughs> nobody, is, nobody is looking for a moral victory especially anybody on that team. They're not, I mean, they, they didn't come back home and say, 
well, guys, we really showed them that, you know, we can compete. I don't think that came out of anybody's mouth. But the other thing that didn't I didn't see at all on Twitter, I didn't see any excuses. I didn't see anybody, see like, pointing fingers at anybody else on the team, which, I mean, I guess maybe you don't see that as much in college football. There were some coming from Georgia because they were still trying to play up the fact that they had so many players opt out. However, did, did looking, I? At how, looking at how many players you had opt out, by comparison with, and I go back to the recruiting point with this, Cincinnati had two All-Americans that couldn't play. That was never mentioned on the broadcast. That the two All-Americans were sitting? They, they just said, oh, the, yeah, the uh, James Wiggins isn't playing today. Um, he, you know, he's hurt. And then they're like, and, uh, and uh, you know, Sauce hasn't taken a, a I don't know if he even, I don't even think he, did he come on? I think he had back no, spasms from the did. start. He, he had so, during warm-ups. So, you know, like, you got two All-Americans mm-hmm. in your secondary that aren't playing. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, the kids that filled in, hell great a, job. They played a hell of a game. But I don't think those couple long passes early on in the game happen with yeah, with Wiggins and Sauce back right. there. Wiggins and Sauce back there. Absolutely. Yeah, right? So, okay. So you guys didn't have any. And then, then, then we've got the only other underclassman ever to declare for the NFL draft. Making the worst and, bonehead play, probably, and Mr. Hudson, probably the worst bonehead play in all of Cincinnati's history. It college, you mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Pro- I mean, probably, and, and maybe, maybe there have been others. It's just this one is on the biggest stage that UC's had in a long time with a chance to do something. And, and you're his blindside tackle. And okay, so like, I, I'm. Not a fan of the targeting penalty. I know a lot of people are not a fan of it. I'm not... At least the punishment that comes along with it. Right? Because, like... There's a lot of, like, crazy things you can do. And they just call it an unsportsmanlike penalty. And then they're like, oh, that's, you know, number 55's first one of the day. And then, you know, you get another one and they and they boot you out. What he did what was dumb, right? But... There was... To me, it didn't look like there was an intent to, like... His head was down. I don't think he realized the play I mean, was over. And he, he shouldn't have led with the crown. So, yes, he, he right. did get the targeting call. But this is what the NCAA does to make itself feel better. Like, we're, we're, we're combating concussions here because right. we remove kids from the game. But but every time a running back has the ball and lowers his head to, to grab three, four, five more yards, do you ever, have you ever seen an offensive player flagged for it? Now you're just talking sense. Don't do that. This is how they sleep at night. Jeff. It's a football move. This is how the NCAA sleeps at night. I mean, we, it. We fought it, against. It's the most bizarre thing ever. We fought against concussions because we remove kids who target. We can't like, have a Ryan Shazier play happen. Well, we they remove, did. We removed them. And, and that one. I mean. You know, that was the Clemson, the Clemson game. Uh, Skalski or whatever, yeah, he put it, he puts his head up. But if Ryan, you know, or if uh, if Fields isn't spinning, I, I don't think he connects with his helmet. I mean, I, I get it, like you don't, you're not supposed to tackle your head down like that anyway. But I don't know. I mean, I understand that you think the punishment doesn't fit the crime, and I get that. Uh, unfortunately, it is the rules, so you got to right. play. So- you you got to play within the rules. So I mean, if you're not doing whatever the hell you're trying to do over on the sidelines, like yeah, that, I mean it. The, the whistle had been blown. Yeah. yeah, And it was a great pickup right before. I mean, like, it was 
one of my takeaways. Was that, a, was, that was a first down. There was a first down there before the before the penalty, yeah? Correct. Correct. Right. Uh, one and of my takeaways after that, though, is the team didn't quit. No. They, they, they marched at that point and then managed to score in the waning seconds of the first half. With an amazing th- – with Incredible with, pitch and catch to Josh Wiley. Oh, yeah. With a little dive right there and, and yeah. picking it up right on the on the goal line. Yeah. So I mean, you you've got that. Like you said, the team didn't quit. And then you also saw Hudson on the sidelines after that throughout the rest of the game because you're no longer removed from the game. You right. You get to stay on the sidelines. Didn't he hang his head. Doing his best to actually coach up Mets, who was his replacement. And, and let me point out on Jerome Ford's 79-yard run, Mets blew that hole wide yes. open. Which is why I'm still frustrated that you have a man mountain who's. 6'9", like 350, and you didn't run the ball more when his skill set is to run the ball. I know people on Twitter love to bring up there were 10 seconds, 12 seconds, 14 seconds, whatever right. the hell it was when we were snapping the ball because we were worried Should have been about able getting, to get two yards there. Well, we were worried about getting more false start calls, but if you're worried about getting those false start calls, if you're worried about, well, we, we didn't let more clock run off when we could have, then just run the, run the ball. Run the damn yeah. ball. I, I mean, I agree with that too. If you don't get any yardage, at least you just ran clock. And Mets was doing pretty good right before the half, and um, just the second half is, is when he started making the the false starts and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I mean, and you're gonna have that. I mean, you got a guy pressed into a position that he like, you know, he probably shouldn't have been pressed into. He didn't, you know, have to be pressed into. Um, wasn't expected to be pressed into coming into the game. Um, but he did, and, and I mean, I, you know, he was serviceable over there. He he did make a couple all starts, probably four, I think. Yeah, he had he did, he certainly had some penalties, but but we I mean, will say he, that with him filling in with a backup center filling in, who I forgot was, Renfro was out. Renfro was out, so the original starter from the beginning of the season was was back in uh, because Renfro took over. I think in like the third or fourth game of the season, uh, we were as a true freshman. We were yeah, correct. We were also missing Jared Doak, so Ford stepped into that role very well, obviously. Um, oh, that's a shame. You have to go get a kid that was at Alabama to step in, <laughs> right? I mean, but those are the kinds of things you can say about UC football right now. Because it's grown tremendously since one Senator Tommy Tuberville is gone. Long, long, long gone. And, you know, Luke Fickle has certainly put his stamp on the program, you know. I mean, you can talk about the before we move on from the game. Um, I do want to bring up, you know, we, we brought up the second half. We brought up the Jerome Ford run. We brought up the the not, clock management as far as snapping the ball and the false starts and what have you. That third and two play, though, what was what were your thoughts on that third and two play? I mean, I didn't like it. I, I think, and and he, here's, I mean, I get it. Like he, everybody in the world expects you to run there. I don't right? know that they did because we hadn't run the ball really at all the entire. I know, but I, but I, but I still think when you're when you're looking at it was third a and two. RPO, though it was it was a designed RPO. You don't have. You're trying to run the clock out. Georgia has already burned all of their timeouts. They can't stop the clock, right? So, thought process across any football mind, right, is is run the ball, and. Even if you get stopped, you've burned off what is it thirty the thirty seconds so, of the, right. and then and then putting the ball back in and then you can run it down 
and punt it, and you're under a minute. That you're punting back, leaving less than a minute, right? That fair? I mean, yeah, like that—that's that, yeah. that's, that's what everybody thinks you're going to do. So you, you put this play on, and and I know Ritter said afterwards, like if he delivers the ball with a little less air under it, a little a little zippier, it's probably there. You know, if he if he makes that connection, it's, I mean, game over, right? Um, I kind of likened it back to when Seattle didn't run the ball on the goal line, right? I mean, that was kind of like Marshawn Lynch, and you're trying to get Russell Wilson the MVP. I, I mean, I don't know that there's any other reasoning. Even I mean, it, it's kind of like it, it was kind of like that for me. But the other thing is, like, I, I think that this coaching staff and this team is has earned earned the right to to make a call that they think is right and is the best call for them to make at that time. And you live and die by it. And so, I mean, I I didn't see any of the coaching staff making any kind of excuses or you know, oh, you know, we screwed. I, from what I understand, with with the connections that I have, and I'm trying very hard not to bring up my podcast last night, but uh, it it was brought to my attention that that play call that they called was never really intended to be a pass. It is a run pla- a run pass option, but it was never intended to be a pass. It was intended to be a run. However, you had Michael Young streaking wide open, and Dez puts a little too much touch on the ball. And, and the kid from Georgia made a play. Man, he was fast. He broke off. He broke off his coverage and made a play. I mean, jo- he was he was covering Josh Wiley on the uh, on the under route. Yeah, and he broke on that play so quickly. I mean, he he and he, he made the play. He jumped. He didn't. If I recall correctly, the ball, if I recall correctly, the ball hit him was, right in the back of the helmet. Yeah, his arms were up in the air. He was just trying to put a body but, on the man. But he didn't. He didn't touch him. No, nope. so you're not going to get the flag. Super. Clean. It was clean. Uh, you know. And that was a linebacker. It, I mean, it's just you know, shoulda, woulda, couldas. But you know, what you're not going to see any. You're not going to see anybody, and you haven't seen anybody. Now it's been you know it's been four days. Um, and we we haven't seen anybody come out and say, "Oh, you know, like that should have been pass interference or the refs screwed this up." I thought the refs called a great game. I would it's agree. nice having a, a quality set of intelligent referees out on the field. Um, I also saw that that game had more viewers. I think I saw that on Twitter tonight as we were. Um, it was like eight million, eight point three one one million or something. It was like the seventh most watched game or something in history. Um, I think I think it's seventh most watched game of the entire football season. Okay, uh, it was the highest and uh, of the CFP. That much I do know. Higher than the Ohio State game or the Alabama game, I believe. So uh, there's something to be said for that, though. I mean, I hope that the people who are running P5 conferences that keep bringing in, oh, I don't know, a Rutgers and a Maryland. Maryland? For the purposes of TV viewers and and ratings, can see that this team travels well. Well, but, I think if you looked up in the stands, I mean, I get it. The place couldn't sell you out. Go back to the Sugar Bowl or the yeah, uh, no, absolutely the, the Orange Bowl. Like we travel well. That's I don't think that you can really contest that. I mean, you have you have an uh, and and I think a lot of that comes with obviously like you know you see probably. I mean, if somebody's out there that knows better, correct me if I'm wrong, probably hasn't traveled well for their football team for a long time. But what you've got is, you know, you have 
you know the the Pike to Ben's era, right? Of all those, all so all those kids. I think you pretty much draw a line in the sand where Brian Kelly took over is where this entire program really took a turn. And well, really, it, before I mean, really leading Dan into Tonio, him, Dan yeah, Tonio, sure. Um, and and I think you still have a step back when Tuberville took over, and we could have gotten completely lost in all of the madness that was the Tuberville era. But instead, did you see that that just popped up on? I, I was talking. I didn't want to try and derail yeah. everything I was saying. But yeah, I mean, you you had everything that was the, the Tupperville era, but just led into what has been Fickle's era. I think already is better than Brian Kelly, and I hope that I, that's not just recency bias. Uh, I just think that everything about the program feels better. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yes. I and I and I I think part of for, for me what makes it feel better now was what happened last year with. Fickle turning down Michigan State. The the program feels a little more solid, doesn't feel so much as a stepping stone. And look, don't get me wrong, I know that Marcus Freeman is out interviewing as he should, as he's earned to interview at some of these you know, top flight programs. I mean, everybody wants the that guy. Um but it, it still feels like a program that's that's on still rising and, and I think is in very capable hands, you know. Got yeah, Fickle still here. I think Fickle will stay. Or I mean, his kid just committed, right? His, his name's not even really being mentioned with anybody right no. now, um, as opposed to Marcus Freeman, who yeah. yes, he, I mean, we, you're bringing him up. Um, he had the LSU interview, I believe. He was in North Bend today, where he's at least taking an LSU South Bend. Interview. I, or, sorry, South Bend. North Bend is is over there on the west side. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's uh he, he's going to visit Notre Dame. Um, I'd hate, 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 and I think I speak for all of Bearcat Nation. I'd hate to yeah. see him go to Notre Dame just with the way that Brian Kelly, you know, left here so gracefully, uh, just bouncing out in the middle of a banquet dinner and all. But right, yeah, um, I got those those player interviews. Ooh. Marty was not happy. Also, let's not forget the fact that he killed a kid. I mean. I mean, just, just saying. Uh, he was yeah. on the field, I guess, but okay. The, it was, he was on the scissor lift. Um, Shouldn't have been up there but, in a windstorm. That's but the, I mean, I, I don't, and, and I don't think, I don't think UC is is capable of matching the money that that Freeman could potentially get somewhere else. Um, but I also don't know that it. I mean, was it the Bobby Carpenter tweet that you? I don't. I don't know. This Bobby Carpenter yeah, tweeted it, Bobby it out, but he was talking. I don't know if he was on a podcast or if he was just on a like. If he was just. Do you have that audio, Ed? Yep. One second. You know that's uh, it'd be a huge, a huge step for Marcus to make. Uh, play with him for a couple of years. You know, and he actually came in early, so I played with him almost two and a half years, and got a chance to come back in the off season and just good friends with the guy. I think he. I'm not saying that he wouldn't take the job. I watched Luke Fickle turn down six million dollars this year to take the Michigan State job, and you know to stay at you know a group of five school. They compensate those guys as, as well as they can, but they just don't have the resources. But I do know you know Marcus's family is so close uh, to the Fickles, his head coach. Like you played for the guy, you've coached for him, and I, I don't know. Maybe he does take it, but you know there'd have to be you know, a serious financial package of, of multi-year that would have to have some level of security because 
you know, when he's got five kids and he's got a whole whole deal, when you talk about moving around and you have a good life and he's from the mm-hmm. Dayton area, which is, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes away from Cincinnati, like there's, there's a lot that goes into that. And you see people jump and make decisions all the time. I think Marcus is a great recruiter. I think he's a great, great defensive coach and is only going to get better. I just don't. I don't see him taking that job unless all of a sudden the contract details come out and you raise both your eyes and your eyebrows furrow and you're like, wow, okay, well, I can see why you take that job now. So to touch on that, um, that did come. That audio does come to us from at X, SXM College, uh, which is College Sports on Sirius XM, um, and that's Bobby Carpenter, uh, former teammate of. Marcus Freeman, uh, where they both played under Fickle at Ohio State. Um, so I, he's got some knowledge. Uh, what he didn't mention in that quick clip is the fact that during the lockdowns, Freeman's family, his whole family, stayed with Coach Fickle. That's a big deal. Well, their house was being built, right? Freeman's house. He just built a house. Yeah. Also a big deal. Why would you want to sell a house that you literally just had built? So, I mean, I don't think I'm grasping at straws here. Uh. He's, he's even said things such as, like, you work where your butt is. Um, and he's kind of alluded to the fact that you need to stay loyal to so these kids have to believe in something. You give somebody your word that you're going to be there and they got to believe in something. So much in the same way that a lot of us tinker around on things like LinkedIn, um, it doesn't hurt to build your network and go out and make these connections and leave a damn good impression for when a school that may not be feeling real hot on one Brian Kelly if you do go in under Brian Kelly who's to say that you're even there after Brian Kelly's gone and he's Notre Dame's going to start get, Notre Dame's going to start getting upset with Brian Kelly if he's not winning these big games at some point and, and I mean let it point out LSU didn't have the greatest season this year well, not you know, and I don't think they're going to boot at Orgeron you know what I mean like I don't I don't think that's going to happen. But. That's not even bringing up the sexual issues that they had, which is why they were taking themselves out of the bowls when they right really when they had like three or four win anyway. games. Like, well, they were going to be eligible only that's... because this year, this year they took off the 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 number of wins you needed. They said that you just be in a bowl. Like that's on the NCAA for not for for accepting that as. as well, I think Arizona did Arizona basketball just do that too. Yes. I mean, it's like the thing to get out ahead of the NCAA and show that you guys really mean that you learned something. No, I mean, all you're doing right now, especially during COVID seasons, is just kind of brushing it under the rug. I don't like, I don't like this shit. I, but, I really, really don't like it. I think. I mean, uh, and here, John- my thing is like the NCAA said that they're not going to. I mean, there, there's no like you know NCAA champion that they're going to crown in winter sports or in uh, at least in fall sports. I think I read all the NCAA championships uh, ended up being canceled. I think outside of football. Correct me if I'm wrong. There will certainly um, be a football champion. Right, but it's I mean you know NCAA champion. I guess there's really never a true NCAA it's a college football playoff champion, which is another yes, whole issue. But uh, yes, um, out, it's just. Do you think we should do that I, with UC basketball this year? Like, we should just self-impose sanctions. Be. Like, maybe Rap took a candy bar from a from the you know. I mean, I don't think you just invent left. sanctions. Like, no, you don't. Do if that. you're if that's you were looking at some like if you were if you were looking at some trouble, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that 
I mean, while I don't agree with it, I mean, if the NCAA is going to take that and say, like, oh, okay, like, good job, like, you might as well do it because everybody else is going to do it. And if they're going to honor it, then you just take advantage of it because... Exactly. I mean... Otherwise, you're going to end up, you're going to end up waiting until you have, like, you know, a, a chance at winning something and then the NCAA is going to come in and be like, it. you got to pay the piper now. I mean, you could have, like, Rick Pitino... Type issues. Or I mean, you could be two. You could be two and seven at Kentucky, or two and six at Kentucky. Michigan State type issues with with their. Speaking horrible. of Rick Pitino, I was listening to uh, the Underdogs podcast this morning, and they had uh, Mick Cronin on, and he made a comment that he thinks Rick Pitino is going to come back uh, to a major school after one year at um, where is he at Lo- Loyola, Iota. I don't know. It Iona. Wouldn't, Iona. It wouldn't surprise me one little bit. Not one little bit would that surprise me. I don't know. Kentucky needs a coach, so maybe. I mean, you had <laughs> you had a trainer doing the worst possible things to student athletes at Michigan State, and no one lost their job. True. No, no I think one. one person did. Huh? I think one person did. The trainer. Yeah. I watched the documentary. I think the AD. Became a scapegoat because you can't, just, you cannot tell me that some of these coaches didn't know that some of that stuff was going on. Get out of here. Oh, that might be, the, that might be the worst thing that's happened outside of Penn State. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, it, there's no, it's there's probably no worse than Penn State. I, 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 I would know. Oh, oh, oh. We're hey, talking kids. Okay, maybe. Like, okay, yeah. Okay, all right, you're right, kids. Although I mean, like, in all, I mean, like. They didn't I, even I, I, really get. I guess I don't want to. I don't want to get too far off of this. All right. I'm saying is, for LSU, I don't know that that's, that's I will, the best place you want to be either. What, to to hitch your your wagon to that right now with everything going on down there. I'm. I may also be wrong on these numbers, but I'm pretty sure they're accurate. Um, the last two defensive coordinators at LSU made between like two and two and a half million, whereas Which, Marcus Freeman Marcus Freeman is making like six hundred thousand right now. Well, and you have to consider that Fickle was making money like that prior to his most recent bump. That was that was all he was making. Here it is. The president lost the job. The AD stepped down. I knew somebody. So, so I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to get it, it too derailed. So let's kind of bring it back here. But yes, for for Freeman to be out there interviewing, that should be what he he should be doing. That absolutely. I have no issue with that. No, no, no. Um, Not all. He, he, and he's earned it. And if you know what, if he gets some gigantic contract to go somewhere, and and he decides that's where he wants to go, and that's what is best for him, I don't. I'm not upset about it at all. Because I, I mean, I'm going to be make... I'm going to be hurt as a fan. Sure. Like, <laughs> that's going to happen. I'm going to. I'll be more sad. I think than than like I'm not. I won't. I won't be angry at him. No. Because you know he took a lot of thought into that decision making, right? Especially with the house he just it, built and he's not, all that. Yeah, he's not touching on any of this as a stepping stone for him to get to where he wants to be either. No, and, and he's made no secret that he wants to be a head coach. And like my my whole argument, I've had this argument with my not necessarily argument, but conversation with my my brother in laws. Like we have a little sports group that we text back and forth in. Um, but like, I I think he I think he can have a head coaching job from UC where he's at now. Um, well, he would be the heir apparent. I, I, there's no well, I mean, that, that's that obvious, either. I think. 
I mean, it's, you know, and, and maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's one of those things where he, he banks on, you know, Bickle going, yeah, well, that too. I mean, he's already doubled down on himself, but. Well, I'm sure um, between him and Fickle, the conversations that they've had are, Fickle, sir, what are the jobs that you would leave for? That way I know what jobs, if they open up, that you would consider going to, so I can know if you're going to leave and I need to stay, or what kind of job stability we're looking at, or what kind of program stability we're looking at, so I know in the back of my head if I need to be going somewhere now for a paycheck or if I need to be in and, and better opportunity. I mean, he's not going anywhere just for a paycheck. Let's be real. Right. But also, you know, I, I just want to know what your five-year plan is so I can thus develop my five-year plan. Correct. Right. I and mean, if you're talking two and a half million versus $600,000, Jesus Christ, you'd be foolish not to take two and a half million dollars. But if the stability is in there, if you're looking at, I don't know, maybe a, a season, two seasons, and, and they could blow the whole damn thing up. I mean, look at what look at what uh, Texas just did. Ended up being like, yeah. how much money in assistance did they just buy out? A lot. It was a big number. I think it ended up being like tw- somewhere between 24 and $30 there's million a, dollars when everything was said and done. There, yeah, that's... And the head coach is only making somewhere in the realm of six or seven of that. I, I know that that wild. was... And, uh, yeah, Joe over here in the comments saying the, the Big 12 media rights expire soon. So, yeah, yep, there it is. Um, you know, so it, if it's one of those things where they talk about, hey, you know, if we're going to have some expansion coming on. Maybe, maybe there's some already been some talk. I'm sure there's been some talk. Um, you know, that, that, thanks. Thanks, Chad. There we go. Twenty-four million total. So you just kind of flush that down the drain. Fifteen um, for Herman on his multiple years, and nine for the assistant. So yeah, I mean that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a that's a lot of money for assistants. A whole, whole lot of money. Um, that you know, obviously to see something like that, and then you you think about you know what that they that you see is just not capable of like that kind of money. I mean, like they they're literally capable of just being like, uh, all right. Here you go. Like we're just gonna flush that one down, and we're gonna go look for somebody it's not else. They don't want to. It's just not where the program's at by comparison to a school. Right? No, I, I, in the I, SEC I, because of the, the money the SEC generates. LSU does have a national championship under their belt in the last <laughs> two years. I agree. Yeah, and a, and a COVID so, season of lost money. money. Yeah. But then, and, and I'm not gonna go into this too much, but I talked about it on a different podcast a couple weeks ago when. Uh, there was a bunch of uh, donors in the stands at um, it, I was on for just a second Jeff but there was a bunch of donors in the stand at the UC game and all the people on Twitter blew up like oh, you let those folks in but you won't let us in well you gotta let those people in because those are the people who are gonna be giving you that extra money so that you can hire keep Luke Fickle keep you know, I mean, so let's not complain about that anymore they're called boosters exactly man. Buddy That's Garrity did whatever he wanted because he had a lot of money. But he guaranteed. <laughs> Texas forever. <laughs> I think he's an Alabama fan. So <laughs> moving on to the future of the program, though, um, as, as we, I think we've, we've beaten this, yeah. this dead horse into yep. the ground. Um, some players have stepped away. Of note, uh, James Wiggins is, is leaving the program. Jared Dokes is leaving the program. 
Um, other players of note, James Hudson becomes the second junior now. Uh, so we've had juniors in consecutive years. After Michael Warren became the first junior in program history to jump, uh, I think Hudson will probably fare a little bit better than uh, than Michael Warren did last year. Um, James Hudson's also the first underclassman from UC to be invited to the Senior Bowl, I believe, as well. I saw that on Twitter. There will be no Bengals coaches coaching him there. We did see that. <laughs> so he should be safe. So it was uh, um, other players of note, though. That James have, Smith. Ethan Tucky is stepping away. James Smith also stepping away, yes. Um, but there's another Australian punter already in the pipeline. That's correct. I'm not gonna lie. I, I forget about, his name, and I'm sorry about that. I did. Going back to the game, how about that play where he was, he where James Smith was punting, and just damn near ran up to the line to actually punt, like the punt. That happened on like three occasions, including the one punt. where he where he fake punted and ran for the first down. And then I don't know if anybody caught it, but he started the Connor McGregor walk on the sideline. <laughs> but there were too many there there were there were too many people in his way, and he got slowed down. Who the fuck is this guy? That, and I'm sure that's what Georgia was saying. Can we start referring to it now as the Trevor Bauer walk? No, we could, yeah. Absolutely. Because you did see McGregor step away from the ring for entirely too long in what could be argued as the prime of his career. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad he's coming back, or did he just come back this past weekend? I think he, I don't. Did he fight this past week, or is it coming know, up? I think it, I would. I, think, I feel like I would have heard about it. If Logan he had actually fought. One of the Paul brothers is trying to fight him. He's not. He's no, not he has an actual guy. fight coming yeah, up. It's, it's a real legit fight against a real legit fighter, not a YouTuber. But, I'm gonna uh, put this out here. I want to fight that Logan brother, or Paul brother. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. Mm -mm. I do. So uh, the future though looks bright. We do have uh, a very good recruiting class coming in next year. And the year after and already. Year after. So it's uh it's it's all looking up, regardless of what happens with Marcus Freeman. Obviously we don't want to see him go as you'd like to continue to develop that continuity and you've seen what he can do with three stars. I'm very curious what he can do here with four stars. The guy is a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean so, it's amazing. Um Moving on to a less easy topic to talk about. I don't again, want to talk about it. Again, I did say we we brought the L's into 2021 because we were not super familiar with them, although this basketball team has been. Cincinnati basketball has been a struggle bus Rough. this season. I just want to point out right now that Ed has a shit-eating grin on his face because he's been waiting for this topic for like three days. <laughs> well, also because I was going to play a sound clip, but then I decided not to because it was going to throw you off. So, we we made it to two and six in roughly the. It's one of the worst starts to a season that I can remember, uh, at least in recent history. Uh, I think you got to go back to Cronin's early years. Correct me if I'm wrong, there, Edward. Well, Cronin's second year, and I'm trying to pull up the tweet from Justin. Um, I saved Bird. it, but now my phone wants to stop working. It's Justin Berg, Bergy, Bergy Knights. Yeah, it's stuck on a picture of 
Kenyon Martin. What happened here? Okay, so Justin tweeted that Brandon's second year, he went two and six so far uh, on a five-game winning streak with his worst loss. Losing streak. That's what I said. With his worst loss to number 100 USF at home. And Cronin's second year, he had a four and seven start with a five-game losing streak um, with his worst loss to the uh, 204 Bowling Green at home. So a lot of people are like, well, the Big East is not the same as the uh, American Athletic Conference. So I went ahead and pulled up um, some some numbers here and put some names to those teams that Mick Cronin lost to. Um, so in that in his first five games, he played Belmont, um, which was a loss. Uh, Western Carolina win, Bowling Green loss, Coastal Carolina win, Fairfield win, South Carolina upstate win Fairfield High School yeah he played him it was a scrimmage <laughs> um, then he went on a five game losing streak to Alabama Birmingham Illinois State Xavier Memphis uh, and North Carolina State and then won uh, against Miami of Ohio so if you compare that to John Brennan's second year um, he his name's Brennan that's what I said Brennan you, you made it sound like the way that people spell it on the Twitter oh sorry like Brennan. So John Brennan, uh, first win, Lipscomb, lost to Xavier, win against Furman. They went on to play Tennessee, South Florida, Georgia, Central Florida, and Tulsa, all for losses. Which, by the way, Tennessee was a tw- is ranked 12th, and Cronin's highest ranked win. Oh, I thought I had a number on that, but I don't. So comparing... Saying that Mick Cronin had a better second year than John Brannon is, I, I don't think it's possible. Um, and then if you also look at the roster, I pulled up the roster. That year he had Deontay Vaughn, uh, John Williamson, who we met before, uh, Rashad Bishop, Marvin Gentry, uh, Larry Davis, Marcus Sykes, Anthony McCain. Um, the list goes on. And then we have, you know, John has Keith Williams. Jeremiah Davenport, uh, a bunch of first year at UC uh, players, and a bunch of freshmen. Which would also be first year at well, UC. That's true, I guess. But How many scholarships did Mick Cronin have? I didn't look that up. How many scholarship up. players did he have? I didn't look that up. I mean, that year, Deontay Vaughn was a scholarship player, right? Uh, Wait, was he a freshman that year? So he was a sophomore. Vaughn, Williamson, uh, Bishop, Bishop, those guys for sure. Bishop was a freshman, yeah. In any case, I mean, where are you going with this, Jeff? Where am I going with it? As we filibuster for Ed trying to look this information up. (laughs) That's all I have. I'm just saying that you cannot compare John Brandon's second year to Mick Cronin's second year and say that Mick Cronin had a better second year so far than John Brandon. I think you got to give the guy. If you go back to last year, we won a conference, a share with Tulsa, mind you. So I'm a little less upset about that win, even though it was the first time they had won in Cincinnati since 1967, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, If you go back to last year, though, we won a, a conference that we were not supposed to win. I believe the highest that we were supposed to be was fourth i think that was the highest that anybody ranked us fourth yeah, so. and you had 
clearly some issues going on that I think while they were never actually confirmed, I think everybody knows that there were some issues between Jaron and Oh, I think they've been confirmed recently. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is, is like they've been confirmed without anybody coming out and saying that they've been confirmed as he's all out here on his Instagram trying to say that John Brandon needs to go. So that all said, whereas you do have alumni like Nick Van Exel preaching patience, patience, patience. which which is what you'd hope to see from your alumni, especially one that played for the coach. But I guess that just wasn't his guy. In any case, it's it's, uh, the the credit, the credit that I'll give to Brandon and, uh, and I, I will say, I'll admit there've been a couple times this season and it may have been after several beverages that I've I've been ready to, to boot him out and insert Ed as the head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats. Hard pass. Solid. But, but the reason that the triangle. The, so so the reason that yeah. that I at that it, at this point I, I'm I'm willing to let and not that my opinion matters to anybody really at all, but I think I think you gotta give Brandon some time to get his guys in. I mean, he came when he came into UC. Let's face it, Cumberland was gone, right? I mean, they were he put out the door anyway. So yeah, so he 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 did, as far as we know from what we've what we could see on the outside, he put a solid effort into retaining guys on the team, even though they didn't fit his play style and, and the the game plans that he well, was who, wanting to put together. To Who's to say what that team with Jaron and Trey could have done if we actually had had a March Madness last year? Oh, absolutely. And, they, and you on. got Javen. You got J. I mean, Javen, the, the kid could hit a a three pointer yeah. when you needed it. A three throw. For the most part, right? I mean, he, he Brandon did a good job bringing guys back. They, if, I, I may be misremembering this, but they 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 had their their fair share of struggles last year. Um, and then kind of put it together there at the end. and you well, know. Obviously, he's leaning into the portal for next season as we haven't heard really a whisper even about any recruiting for next season. That is, And that is worrisome. I will well, agree. That's true. That, that That's worrisome at this point. I mean, you've got... Yes and no. And, and his, I, I portal, his portal picks haven't really worked out that great well, this I, year. Let's... let's, let's we can talk about that. You have last season, you had Javen, which I think worked out just fine. I think it was a good Chris pickup. McNe- Chris McNeil was maybe overhyped at who he was going to be for the program. For the when first. you see a kid that has been... I would agree with that. When you've seen a kid who's been with four different programs, I think that there, there was more to the eye than anybody was actually mentioning. He's played with four programs. That's crazy. Um... You also had Chris Chris Vogt, who worked out well in a system last year because he had had a four who had the whole team on his back, let's be completely honest. Correct. Right. So we've seen what Chris Vogt is without a four. Who's in the league now, by the way. Like official official, or was he just on a 10-day and then he's gone? Uh, I don't know if it was a 10-day, but he did get signed by Utah. He was with the Jazz, and I think that was just for preseason. I don't oh, think he's okay. actually, I don't know that he's stuck on with the, I look with it the up. roster. So you had, I think those were the three uh, last season. 
Um, and then, th and then this year you have, you had rap, and that I don't. And I'm going to include vote as a, he's still a portal player. He's still, he's still a portal player, sure. And he's not he's, good. He's still with the program. We'll say that. This is true. Uh, as a starter, so we'll, we'll say that too. And, and let me say, like, I, I think he he could he could be better yeah, well, this year. He could. Absolutely, he could. Be. I mean, we've he, seen he it was, before. He was better last he year. He was getting better uh, when and, you had a when you had a good four. Fair enough. Um, you also have David Julius, who, if you watch the tape from the game against Tulsa, they were moving him off the ball quite a bit more than being the guy bringing the ball up as the point, as the true point. They were running a lot more Micah Adams Woods, and I'm going to attribute that's all to Chad. From I'm almost regurgitating everything that he said last night at this point. Um, but Micah was bringing the ball up as the true point, um, and you also had uh, Mikey Saunders doing the same as DeJulius was playing off the ball. And I think that that's where DeJulius honestly thrives more in the offense than trying to force a shot up as the guy being the guy coming up the court with the ball. I don't know that he's really quite distinguished how to be a true point as opposed to a, a two, because I don't know that he knows what to do. I, I wonder if it just feels too much ISO-y for him. I don't know if that's a word or not, but I, I think you get what I'm saying. Um, where he doesn't know, am I supposed to pass here? If I shoot here, am I looking like a selfish player who's shooting? Like, we've all played 2K, right? You know, if you are the point guard and you're the guy bringing the ball up, you're like, I'm getting my 30. I'm getting my 30 right now. And in order to get my 30 to advance my career with 2K, I need to I need to pop the shot. Like I, I'm not worried about assists. So I wonder how much of that goes. I mean, this is me trying to translate it as best I know how to. Um, no, I think you're right. Goes, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just trying to figure out how to transition from being the guy bringing the ball up the court to passing it off, and maybe you get the rock back, maybe you don't. But if you're looking to improve your own statistics, if you're looking to improve your own numbers and also try and maybe show that you're a leader on this team is I think I, I feel like I've seen glimpses of him trying to be that guy. I just don't think it's quite there yet. I was hoping he would be there at this point because that's what I was looking at when we picked him up. I was looking at him to be like, um, I mean, not as good as Jacob Evans, but like the Jacob Evans where, you know, we could give him the ball and, you know, who's going to drive and we could count on him, right? That's what I was looking for. I think for, he's man. only like 17% from three right now. Yeah. Somebody compared his statistics with Chris McNeil on... Uh, Berg, Berg did. And they were... It, it probably was. Um, oh. and, and they were eerily similar. And we all know how the Chris McNeil experiment ended. Yeah. He did have... Wasn't there one game where he popped off? Early yeah. in the season, I think. I feel like... Early. With some drives, and I mean, he I, he may have had double digits. <laughs> well, and there were games last year too. I mean, if we want to talk about that, there were games last year where, um, if we didn't have vote, we weren't winning those games. And now I feel like having vote, we're losing games because I feel like he's a liability. He's a liability. liability yes. Yeah, he worse than well, uh, what's that guy's name on? Uh, remember the Titans? Couldn't tell you. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Speaking of AAC basketball, and I saw it the other day that Caleb Mills from like and taking some time. Well, he was taking some time for personal reasons, and then uh, I think I, I think Chad 
tweeted out re, or retweeted and made the comment um, that today he announced that He's that he was into the portal. Well, and I think that I was going to say earlier when we were talking about the portal and we ended up on some other stuff. I think that while you say that it's concerning and it absolutely is concerning that we don't have any recruits yet. Um, that being said, I think you're going to see more kids because the NCAA got rid of the one year sit out. I think you're going to see more kids in the transfer portal this year than maybe ever before. And I think yeah. that that's a double edged sword because you have on the one side of that, if you don't land with a team, who's to say that you're going to be playing anywhere. If you're going to even be going to school and I don't well, know. So, when you enter, like, you can't is, come back. But it's is basketball is basketball the same as like with football, where like Ben Bryant entered the transfer portal, but like he was still practicing with us and playing, yeah. going to games. But that's in all, basketball, don't you? I mean, I guess in basketball, you probably all, no. That's all up to the university. Okay, it's completely up to the university because they still have your scholarship at least that season, so they can allow you to use their their facilities and try and recruit you to come back. Or you can go. So, but if you enter the transfer portal, then your scholarship can, they, they can give your scholarship to somebody else next year before you make a decision. Correct. If you're come, like if you just if you're like hanging yeah. out there, nobody else offers you a scholarship. You can't just yeah. turn around and be like, oh, I'm going to stay." That's up to the university. But it, when you enter the transfer portal, other universities can contact you. That's what that allows. Uh. So, you know, I mean. When you say that we, we don't have any recruits, yes, he's going to lean more into the transfer portal. Okay. So, yes, we, we haven't had – I won't say we've struck out on everything because I don't think we have. Um, it's not been great. I will say that. Um, but I don't, I don't think we've struck out on everything. As you see, DeJulius is still, I think, figuring out this offense. I think, I think Brandon's still trying to figure out DeJulius, to be completely honest. You have to consider also – with as many new additions as we had, and I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth when I say this because I've also harped on people for, you know, every squad is going through this across the country, but you had a very different off season because you weren't able to practice together the same way that you normally are because of COVID. You had a very different beginning of the season because you have normally – several cupcake games to get into your rhythm, get the flow of the team, get get some guys out there, run some rotations that maybe you wouldn't have run otherwise, uh, trying to figure out who this team is, gel your guys together, all of that. You didn't have that this year. Well, instead, instead, you were playing, what, Xavier game two? Yeah. Right. After they had, after they had played um, like five games, I think, at that point. Right. And there's something to be said for that. What this team has to figure out how to do is, A, close out games. And they don't have a guy that they can go to right now nope. that is the alpha dog. I'm going to close out this game. I'm going to finish it. I want the ball in my hands. No one is that guy on this team right now. That's the whole thing I was thinking Saturday, too. When we came back and we tied it, I'm thinking – I don't know who we give the ball to to close this game out. Like, I don't know who it's going to be who's going to step up and, you know, make that drive. You know, last year it was Trey. Last year it was uh, Cumberland. I don't know on this team, and I don't think John knows it either. Uh, he said this oh, afternoon I, that he's getting closer. 
I think Tari wants to be the guy. I think DeJulius wants to be the guy. I think Tari DeJulius can't make a Tari can't make a shot inside. Right. I can't. His mom went off on him on the, on the Twitter. She was going to go fly it. down there. Yeah. I'm terrified. Said, I'm terrified of that one. Oh, I'm scared of her. Uh, if I ever... She is a scary lady. She's probably. I'm the glad. I'm glad lady she's. I'm glad she's. She's our scary lady. Yeah, exactly. I want. Don't get me wrong. I want to dap it up with her. I wish there, it wasn't COVID, so I could be down there because I've met Michael. Michael Warren's mom loved me. Loved me. <laughs> Did she ever like any of your tweets? hundred percent, hundred percent. Could you? So your best friends? Just, uh, that was before I I really paid much attention to my personal account though, and I was sending everything for part of the punctuation. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. He liked, he liked some of our stuff. Could you imagine if if uh, Tari's mom was here when uh, JP Mercura was was jabbing his gums? I think you may have seen what happened in Detroit against Indiana once upon a time. In the NBA. Alice in the Palace. I think you would have seen that happen, but the opposite. As she goes onto the court fighting JP Makira. For sure. And uh, I would I can't... love to find the security guard who would stop that woman from entering the court. I, I've scroll I've scrolled back a lot of tweets here, now I can't find it. Um but there were, somebody tweeted out that I guess uh basketball team got together and had a wiffle ball game. Yeah, Justin Williams tweeted that today, the wiffle ball game. Um, okay, it was Justin Williams. Good. Yeah. I did hear from some sources that they were, um, for Christmas, they got together. Um, a bunch of the guys got together. In, and that's Indiana. the other thing that John Brandon said is that uh, they don't get to go home to their – I'm actually going to read the quote from Justin's tweet. They don't get to go home to their family. I get to go home to Lisa and the kids. They don't. Uh, not on weekends or days off. This bubble is real. Um, our guys go are going back to the rooms more by themselves. It's more challenging. And, and that's true because in the past, you know, on on Twitter or, or well, Instagram. Gabe, Gabe Matson. Yeah, that's why. That's why. I mean, that, that was what he. That's writing on the wall, really. Excuse, I mean, yeah. if you have issues of being alone, if you're an extrovert, especially right now during COVID yeah. and all this ridiculousness, I'm an extrovert. I'm going insane. I agree. Like legitimately going insane, where I want to be out hanging with people, drinking different beers at different breweries. I want to be dabbing it up with people. Like I want to be high fiving. All the people around me at the different games that I have people that, season tickets to. People that you don't even know. Correct. Exactly. Right? And none of us are able to do that. Oh. And right it's well, maddening and it's frustrating, especially for especially for extroverts right now. Because if you if for introverts, this is your holy grail. You have found the motherland. But for yeah, people it, who need to be around the energy and feel the other people and make new friends and exactly. just it's so hard. Um, and I, there, there was, there was a. Uh, I, I need to start writing these things down. Uh, there was a former player that tweeted that was like, "Right now would be the moment that you know fifth third would be rocking." And meet him. There we go. And, he and was uh, he's and, right. no, he's he's right. He's like you know right now it was like towards the it was off of that. yes absolutely right. yeah. and somebody was like well if they can't you know if they're not going to be able to to do it without the fans like they need to be able to do it without the fans and it's like that's not really that's not really how sports work no like, well there's 
we've all been in in a situation, whether it be sports, whether it be I, I feel like at least many of us have been in a situation where, when the lights go on, your game face is on, and it's completely different than what you did in practice, what you did in your driveway, what you did in your bedroom in front of a mirror. When the lights go on and the spotlight is on you, and I speak to that as somebody who's performed on stage, I speak to that as somebody who's performed on a field. I, I, I sacked a, an NFL quarterback. Stop. <laughs> Flag football, baby. Uh, I, I, just... sacked, I sacked an NFL quarterback. Oh, jeez. It's true, Ed. You were there. I know. And then they told I'm... you to put pads on, and I had to step in because I was going to put pads on. My greater point, though, is when the lights go down. Tyler and Sheehan? You have fans. You have people that you're playing in front of. You have people that you know that – you feed off that energy. You really. Uh, I agree. Yep. When it gets to the end of the game, and you know you're playing also at home, and it's close, that little extra from the, especially from the student section, going bonkers. Yep. You know, it, and I'm it, telling you right now, the foul that got called at the end of the game, and I know everybody, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> when he fell backwards. I mean, that was worse than the Kentucky player that had to be resuscitated on the field. So it's different in basketball than in football, not having the fans there, because the fans in basketball are right they, on top of you. Well, they upset, they upset the sight lines. It is a clear backboard. And when you have all of this going on, like the arms flailing, incredible flailing arm man and what have you happening all behind you. All the big you, heads. You, all the big heads. All the heads, fat heads. All the screaming, the, the whatever, like. That's all happening in your sight lines when you're shooting free throws, when you're trying to take a shot, when you're, you know, I mean, that that can't be, they, they brought it up multiple times in things that I've listened to in regards to the NBA playing in their bubble because there were no, like, players had talked about it, like, out loud to yep. in, in interviews that there were no issues with the sight lines. They literally, is, is it, I think it was a black backdrop. So, yeah, yeah there were, I don't even think there were seats back there. No issues. What? what and the screens, screens were, were the screens were on the sides. Sideline, if you yeah. remember correctly, yep. like they were yeah. all on the sideline where where all the virtual fans were coming in. So there were no interrupted sightlines whatsoever. So you're playing behind a a black backdrop on a gray or white rim, whatever color they have it. Yeah, of course you're not going to have any issues with sightlines. Same thing goes when you're playing. In a home crowd, and from what I've seen, and I don't know that I'm I'm wrong, no one's actually sitting in either end behind the the, the hoops. Like I haven't seen anybody. That, even the people that are there, They're, are I think not the sitting there. Are there. They're sitting on the sides, generally, like socially distanced. So you again, you're having un, un, uninterrupted sight lines, and that's got to be significantly different for basketball than football. I think at UC that the, the um, cheerleaders are in those student sections. Oh, I mean, they're still like. But that, yeah, 10 what's that going to do? Off. Exactly. I'm watching the Missouri mm-hmm. and uh, Mississippi State game right now, and I don't see anybody in those sections. So. I mean, you you just don't have that mass of of, of kids Chaos. back there, and like I said, holding the big fat heads, holding the wavy arm guy, like you know, just causing general mayhem behind the. Behind the hoop. It's just a different season, and I, I know a lot of people don't like it, like us, you know, saying, oh, it's the COVID season. But, I mean, it is. And 
there's schools like Kentucky and that are losing and that kind of stuff that I mean, just backs it up. It's not just UC. Duke. Duke, yeah. Duke lost. Duke lost it like two. Well, like, let me look who it was. Didn't their coach at one not, point come out like after the fourth game of the season say, "You know what? Maybe we out of con- they lost two out of conference games," and he was like, "Well, maybe we shouldn't play any out of conference games. Maybe we shouldn't <laughs> be doing this right now." Like, I don't so, think that's your issue. How are they going to work this? tournament it's gonna be in, amazing in indianapolis i'm I going think, i think it's gonna be a shit show ed can you get I a press pass i'll try i'll see what happens i mean i got one for tbt i think they'll make it work if tbt made it work then the ncaa has to make it work right i mean but I, think crazy involve, I, I think that would involve no one there i mean yeah I don't, I don't think you're gonna be able to have well i don't I mean, even know if they'll let family in at that point well, here's the thing is like you can't you're not going to be able to have I mean how do you I guess you give you could issue players families like certain cards to get like you know, tickets to get in to have like that I mean it would have to be very but, organized yes, because so how, because how you're you going to have to get them how, in How would you tell a kid that they can't talk to their family though if they're there to visit them for the tournament and but, so then do you have to test the parents because I mean, I think this is all going to become a mess. Are there, so, are so the thing, well, the thing is, the is, is you have to have, so like, my son is playing basketball right now, right? So his games, they are, and the, granted, these are seven-year-old kids, and they're playing in a a very small gym, but that's to say, those games in a very tiny gym. Each player is allowed one spectator. That doesn't mean mom and all your brothers. It means one spectator. And I'm coaching it like I'm coaching the team, so I count as my kid's spectator. So like his mom, nobody else can go watch, right? And there's a half an hour between games, so that they can sanitize the entire gym. So if you're gonna have this this tournament in two two facilities with four courts, I think is what it is coming down to. If you're going to let families in, then you're going to have to have the the time between where you're going to have to go in and sanitize the entire place. It's going to be bonkers. Right? And then, and then you're going to have to, you're going to have to sanitize the locker rooms before the next team can come in to get ready. We've all been to places where we've gone to sit down to eat, and we've I all haven't. been like, maybe if you haven't gone to sit down, I'm even just pick up food, right, right, and you've been like, this ain't, this ain't clean. Even just going to the gas station. Oh, the keypads at at, at like different stores right now. The, the, at, when the pandemic started, they were clean. Now they are getting gross again. Everyone, and that's my point. Everyone's yep. a little bit lax right now. Yep. You because used to walk into Kroger have... and there'd be somebody there wiping down every cart. Now they have a bottle for your, a, a bottle that you have to pick for your, up and, for yourself yeah. to use, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, use click list, Ed. Well, I mean, everyone, everyone's got a little bit of pandemic fatigue, and I oh, just I... wonder if there's going to be pandemic fatigue with this tournament being. And, and here's the other thing, though: it's like maybe by I mean when that tournament when the tournament rolls around, maybe by that point, the vaccine is out a little bit more for you know that colleges can are well, getting it and i would, I would and i don't know that, how you pick how you how you tell listening listening to regular folks show. that they don't get it and and college athletes get it. I, I don't listening to coach's show last week and i did a, a tweet by tweet as far as like anything that he said 
he did say that all the guys when they travel they stay on one floor yep. and so I'm, I'm assuming they're chaperones uh, essentially like to make sure that you're not going anywhere um so you also have them going to pick up their meals in a box from wherever they're getting it i'm assuming also from the hotel so i'd assume that you'd also have that same situation ish going on with everybody and you're not going out to eat anywhere you're not I don't. I honestly don't think you actually would be able to see your family. So I don't know that they would actually. Yeah. I, I don't think they'd invite family or tell them that they can see their family. Like you can have your family come here, but they can't, they have no admission and you can't because how how would the NCAA even be? I mean, here's the thing: is even test all these families, even even with say no fans, right? If you're bringing sixty four teams one city that's got to be like the largest gathering one of the largest gatherings of of people from across the country literally let's be generous here um in how many people represent the program when you travel and we'll say 25 because you got roughly 15 players ish and then okay plus plus medical staff 10 i I would think 10 maybe 15 staff i can't i mean are they gonna let are they gonna let the cheer and dance teams come with them no i don't believe that so let's say you got 40 people traveling with the team times we're at this point we're now at at 66 teams correct because of the planes yeah that's 2640 people that you have to worry about and if somebody can't play if they test positive or or false positive or something like that what do you do is an automatic forfeit i would think because you can't afford it has to be there's not enough not enough wiggle room you could because you, you couldn't yeah, push that those, game. You, you yeah, couldn't push that. that out real, real the quick. The Browns, yep. Real, yep. real quick. I mean, uh, it, it's a mess. It's, it's all a mess. I want to go back. I want to go back to a simpler time before people ate bats. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, ho- hopefully, you know, by some miracle, by that point, we've got some. I mean, the other thing is, is currently. The only vaccines available are a two-part Pfizer thing. I mean, it, you you get the you get Pfizer and Pfizer and Moderna, and it's a it's a one a one shot, and then like three weeks later, four weeks later, you get the the second shot. I don't even want to get into a conversation on vaccines to be completely honest. Well, I know. I'm just saying, like time wise, <laughs> exactly when, when you're, you're March, when yeah. you're pu- when you're when you're pushing the time as far as like. You know, getting it out and getting people, quote unquote, you know, vaccinated and safe, whatever, whatever that is anymore. Um, you, you just, the the time's just not there. So it's going to have to be one of these things, like you're saying, where like these kids are going to, again, be traveling and be in a bubble and not have contact with anybody, but, you know, their, their teammates well, and I would assume in the gym. That, I'd assume that most of the, the kids that are playing, and I, and I think, I don't know. Maybe this is a gross assumption. I correct. I, I don't know, but I would think that most of the kids are extroverts because they love the spotlight. They love to be around people. They they love the the what it brings because they they make basketball shots. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the basketball spotlight is something to be to be heralded. Yeah, it, for I mean, sure. We all we all dreamed about it as kids. Let's be honest. I so, wasn't very good at basketball. Shocker. I was great. You got, weak, you, got, you got weak ankles, buddy. I'm sorry. You got weak ankles. Guy. Fine. 
Did you say I have weak ankles? No, that was Aaron. Aaron said that. I never said you had weak ankles. One, one time. Ed. It was Your wife doesn't let you play sports anymore. Um, she, my wife doesn't she... let me talk to Ed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, moving on. Baseball, there is there's nothing, nothing to report as the, 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 the Reds haven't done anything. Uh, I think the only thing that we might actually report here is the fact that Didi Gregorius is still giving out Reds merchandise to charities. <laughs> that's a thing that's a thing that he is still doing. Uh, he, he still has a charity here in Cincinnati, apparently, or at least is giving out Reds merchandise to his, his charities that he is uh, I did see a, a thing about that. See, Ed's laughing like I made it up. No, I saw it. I think it was like, didn't he? He like sent some like care packages or something to like Children's Hospital and. Yeah, I think he. he yeah, he was doing some stuff here in the city, um, and that's that's kind of cool uh, considering he's a name that's being mentioned coming back, mm-hmm. um, as as the Reds had Zach Cozart here for, I don't know, like I feel like it was only about three years anyway, but it was too much to to move him here. He had a donkey. I was going to say he had a donkey. I'm glad you said donkey and just not donk, because that would have made everything real. That would have been real weird, yeah. Real weird. It would have been weird. But, I mean, with the Reds, I just really hope that it's not this another year of, like, uh, are we we rebuilding or are we going for it or are we, like, standing pat and hoping that... No one knows, because nobody's made really a big splash move at this point. Um... Know, Except thought, for the Padres, well, they, they well they, they're winning right now of all the off season, but I think I feel like they're also the only ones doing anything, um, right? Kirk Casale is going to be Buster Posey's backup. I did see that today. I mean, you got you've got like the Cubs who are just like shedding money left and right. Shitting money is is actually <laughs> no no they're shedding it. I just. <laughs> Just getting rid of all of it. it like, you Dar- poor you Darvish. I mean, well, not poor. I mean, he's going out he's to... going to a great team. That's a right. fantastic but, situation. But he was for like... A guy, no, for a guy that the Cubs two seasons ago wanted to punch in the face for his contract. I mean, he... But he... he yeah, uh, bounce back year. Maybe he, he's an introvert thriving in this new... That, that could be the case. But he... I mean, he legitimately, from like the little interview he gave and the little talk he gave after he... Like, he was legitimately caught off guard that he was... That he got traded. He was a Cy Young candidate. Of course he was caught off guard. Right? Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to bring that back? And now now the Padres have Where's Snell? Kyle Schwarber going to play? And who's going to say when he comes up to bat against the Reds that he's from Middletown? He's gonna. He's actually coming to the Reds. That is the best I've seen on Twitter in the last... Since Are you talking about the MLB The Show thing? I caught that at like one o'clock in the morning the other night. Before I'm still it mad at you. I'm sorry. And I didn't had to share wait. it. You guys had. Beautiful. I shared it. I had to wait a full twenty-four hours later for Aaron to find it and send it to me. I downloaded it. I was going to post it later, but I forgot. But that was for those of you who don't know. There is yeah. an somebody took the time, and it, I guarantee you, it took a while. He did tweet afterwards low- that it was worth staying up all night to make. Between load times and restarts and trying to just get it all figured out to where it was the exact game time situation of Nick Cassianos up to bat against 
uh, who are we playing? I don't uh, remember. Kansas who we City. Kansas City. Yes, Kansas City. Because of, that was apparently the reference that, that Tom reference, said, yeah. claimed that he was making. Um, where, where they linked it all up to the exact same <laughs> gameplay where Castellanos hits a home run to left field. <laughs> Uh, to, to everything that, that Tom said as he took off the headphones for the very last time for the Cincinnati Reds in his apology while continuing to make the call. And that's a, a true left. professional. And that's a drive so to left gross. field. Right? So that was that was hilarious to come out this week. Well done. on who, These are the things that I don't know how I haven't already thought of them. That's a good right? Point. That's a good point. But like then, I if guess, you thought of it, do you do you really feel like that you have the dedication to like sit there in front of MLB the show? And, I think and... you don't know what my life looks like right now. <laughs> he's he's reporting the podcast from his laundry room right now, so he might be might have some time. Moving on, talking about Bengals. <laughs> so the Bengals finished the season. They, they they for the first time in a very very long time, over a decade, they lost their last game of the season at home. Yeah, but they, they beat the Steelers. They did beat they the Steelers. Lost, they lost their last game of the season at home for the first time in over a decade. That was that was the stat I was giving. They That's did, a shame. Yes, they, they did win against the Steelers in prime time on Monday night, and they never do any of those three things. With the greatest quarterback performance of all time. <laughs> no. He was smiling the entire game. Even on the bottom of the pile, smiling. Dude, (laughs) even even when he got even when he got absolutely annihilated. Yakum. He like he popped back up. I mean, it should have been a penalty, but he was still smiling. I don't remember who said it, but somebody was like, "I don't know if you're smiling or if you're in pain, but you did a great job." It may have been. Well, they somebody somebody took that picture. Somebody took the picture of him on the ground with all of. The entirety of both the Bengals and the Steelers, I feel like, were all on top of him. Where, like, somehow, like, somebody got a camera shot of him with a giant smile on his face. Yes. And he was like, I think he had just gotten, like, a three-yard run for first down or quarterback sneak, whatever. And it, it said, like, uh, when you've got a, when you're at work or when you're not happy at work, but, you know, you've got five days off coming up. Somebody had to was, get that tattooed. What? Somebody, somebody, somebody in in I don't know where I know I saw it on Twitter somewhere, and I don't know if they've actually gotten the tattoo yet, uh, but they did make a bet that if the Bengals beat the Steelers in prime time on Monday night against that Steelers team and that Bengals team, which no one saw that coming, must be all the way real. No, they had to get they had to get a tattoo of what of. of of whatever the person who chose. won the bet chose, and they chose that that picture of him laying on the ground sideways with that shit-eating grin on his face. That's awesome. I think. Well, I mean, think about the kid t-shirt. from Cleveland that came down here and chugged a can of Skyline Chili. And as much as I love Skyline Chili, because I really do, I don't know that I can drink a cold can of Skyline Chili. No shot. Maybe he used. Maybe he used that old old age trick where you pop the cigarette lighter on because I don't even know if new cars even have cigarette lighters anymore. I think no. they have like, they, they have the, the spot where you can plug in a, a jack, but they don't actually have the cigarette lighters You think, you think he heated a whole can? Maybe he, with... maybe he heated it up. I saw it happen in Goofy Movie. It's gotta be <laughs> it's real, like Goofy right? Movie. When they were going to see Powerline. And then, now, and then think about this. Soup. 
Then think about this, a four-hour drive back to Cleveland when you just chugged a can of Skyline Chili. It became There's no a six-hour drive because he had to stop twice at two different rest areas to oh, shit yeah. out that whole can of Skyline. And then Gold oh, Star God. tweeted him upset that they didn't, he didn't stop and visit them. Of course Gold Star was upset about them. I mean, it was the middle of the night. They're also the official sponsor of the Cincinnati Bengals. That's a good point. Well, that's too bad. I would probably do that. I would probably chug a can of Skyline Chili if we get a good interview. Not nine, though, because then you puke. I don't know if you can make it through a can, Ed. I could. I've heard that confidence before. Uh, It's different, I think. It's different. Well, he'd have to eat it very slowly with a small spoon. Get out of here. As he cut cut his conies with a fork and knife, like Mike Greenberg would eat pizza. No, no, I did not cut any conies with a fork and knife. I ate those by hand. If it wasn't for the audio issues, I would have been a lot faster. I I never saw video. I don't believe it. I think he just took video of the, the, the conies themselves. It's on YouTube. I think I, I think it's you on YouTube. Fork, I think you ate it with a fork and knife. Get out of here! It, li- it lives forever on YouTube. <laughs> I'm not ever taking it down. So, all right. So, do you guys have questions, or are we moving on from the questions? I don't have any questions. I, I would have had questions, but I was told that questions That's what I was weren't told allowed to this week. All right, well, and then we'll be, we'll be better for that. Then um, I did have so we can we can I can ask. I at least had two questions. It's fine. Um. So, how was Christmas different this year for you guys? Uh, I got to stay home. I didn't have to rush around to different families. That was kind of nice. Um, it was a lot smaller on my side. Um, on my wife's side, it was still, I mean, we still got together. But my mother-in-law watches my kids. And so we're all kind of around each other anyway due to just way life is so but on my on my side we it's much smaller it's just uh my mom and dad and and us and yeah made it work like for the first time in my life i sat at home by myself on new year's eve didn't go to church didn't do family didn't didn't we traditionally open all of our gifts as a family new year's eve or i'm sorry christmas eve and that didn't happen this year, and it was it was real sad. Did you do a Zoom call at least, or like anything like that? Like, no, honestly, God, I'd, I'd laid in bed and watched movies all day by myself. Um, Aaron, yeah, yeah, this then, is the worst surrounding third we've ever had. <laughs> and then Christmas Day, we uh, we didn't do anything either. Um, we we celebrated uh, the following Sunday as a family. Yeah, um, and that was good, but it was uh. It COVID COVID changed my entire life, man. Um, COVID's crazy. So it sucked. So it sucked. Yeah, it's uh, it definitely it didn't feel it didn't really feel like I mean, like Christmas. Like we did kind of like it, the no, best to like. Not at all. We did kind of the best to make it feel like Christmas, like for the kids. Sure. But like, and, and hopefully, and hopefully, you know, as they get older, it doesn't. It's not something that they like. It's. Well, I hope that's what everybody who's listening got to do too, especially if they had kids. Um, I don't have kids, right? But um, you know, I'm I'm going, you know, I'm I'm post COVID divorce, and it was just different for me this year. Like, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad for me or anything like that. 
it was just different. Uh, yeah. hit, hit, hit me different. Like, not fun, um, but, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. But uh, what are you most excited about for 2021? Reds baseball. Yeah, I really am. I really am excited for Reds baseball only because, regardless, like for me, I mean, I obviously I'm a huge Reds fan. We all are, but baseball's kind of my thing. Um, I, I'm just excited to hopefully be able to get back into the ballpark, even if it's on a, a limited basis. There's so many more games that the that base that the baseball season encompasses. Um, I feel like there's more of a, a chance. I, I really kind of wanted to get. I was hoping that I could get down to a Bengals game with with my son, even though with my oldest, even though you know they weren't the greatest team this year. But I still thought it would be probably the best time to take a seven year old to a Bengals game is when there's like no very one limited there to co- cuss right. out. <laughs> exactly, because uh, I, I remember what it was like when we had season tickets, and I would I like my wife and I when we first got together, she had I'm season sorry. tickets. What's that? I'm sorry. Oh yeah, for, for well, me and everyone like me. We 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 went through. We we had a lot of a lot of fun. We did a lot of tailgating and things like that. But I rem- I distinctly remember when we we were we weren't even married yet. We went and I said, "There's no way that I would ever bring a kid down here to a football game." And like my dad took me to football games when I, I was younger, and I don't remember it being like the same way. I think you've had this conversation on the podcast before. I think so. we we may have. It it was. It, it, I just, there's no way that I would ever do that. And I was kind of hoping this year it just didn't work out with when the games were here and whatnot. But anyway, I'm just excited to get, hopefully be able to get back into the stadium, buy a hundred dollar hot dog. And, and I know we talked about that on the first Reds round table that we did uh, yeah. back in the spring, but I literally get your condiments worth. I get it. I will. I will take my stimulus check. <laughs> My six hundred dollars stimulus check down to the stadium so that I can buy a dog and a beer and sit socially distant by myself. Maybe I'll take my kids, but I mean that's really what I'm looking forward to. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that there's some bit of normalcy that comes back to our life. I know it's probably never gonna get back to the necessarily the same. I just the way a lot of things appear to be heading. I I think it'll be a while. It's not you know this this quick turnaround thing that everybody was kind of hoping it would be, I think. Um, I'm going to flip that on you. I'll tell you what I'm not looking forward to um, is when the rules and things like that start laxing again. And they are not there, man. Well, and they're not letting limited amount of people in at um, places like Kings Island and the zoo, because going to the zoo right now with the limited amount and the people like you have to have a certain time slot. It's great, dude. It there's it's not packed. You get to see <laughs> some freaking animals. Like you're not have to you're not standing in line to see Fiona for 30 minutes just to see her fart on the glass and then swim I've away. I've never like, stood in line to see Fiona. Well, neither have I, but I'm just saying like that kind of stuff I might miss. I don't yeah. I, I don't know that you ever went to the zoo before Fiona was born. I did. Um, you know what else um, I miss from the shutdown is how empty the highways were. That I will agree with that. I could get from Loveland to Fairfield pretty quickly. It was great. So what I am looking forward to most in 2021, sports related, is Cincinnati football. Yeah. 
Um, I, I think that the the blueprint has been established, and the fact that Fickle's name really isn't coming up in a whole lot of conversation right now—that's a beautiful thing. Um, I think that he's made his his point well known at this point, and I think that the university has made him feel appreciated enough that he's not going anywhere, uh, at least this year, and until that elusive Notre Dame or Ohio State job opens up. I don't know that he's going anywhere anytime soon anyway. Oh. That being said, the other stuff that I'm looking forward to is 2020 was the worst year of my life, 100%. Um, between COVID, losing a job, and losing a life that I had established and all that. Um, glad that that's behind me in the rear view. Um, very appreciative. I know you guys like to tease me, make fun of me, whatever. Um, and I don't care. Uh, but it, it's been super cool to have an opportunity to do not just this, because this is where it all started for me, um, doing the part of the punctuation podcast and all of that, but also getting to write on a weekly basis for uh, Bearcat Journal and getting to develop a podcast and a following there as well. Um, it's been kind of bittersweet, um, especially with, with my dad gone, um, you know, just some, some different things there, but, uh, looking forward to what 2021 brings for sure. So, um, do you have a beer in your fridge yet or? Oh, I have one right here. Yeah. What are you drinking today? It is now time for everyone's favorite segment. What is in Ed's fridge? So the one time that I did get out of the house this year uh, and went to a place, uh, we went to Braxton and got one of those igloos from Michelle's birthday. Um, I saw that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, so you put that out. So I picked up this gingerbread stout. Uh, It's from Braxton Labs, where they test you know all kinds of different beers they got a huge selection there i mean they don't sponsor the show or anything but if they want to that's cool um but they have a huge selection there at the in covington wherever they're at um of different types of beers like they had a sweet potato beer which i wasn't gonna try that but um this gingerbread yeah i know right this gin, we, when we had that get a beer a little, um but this, beer it wasn't horrible but this gingerbread stout is delicious i just want everybody to know it is, Pickle beer wasn't even the worst that we had, and it was still terrible. I think the Geta beer was the worst that we had. 8.2. Um, stout with ginger, cinnamon, vanilla, and lactose. Um, it's from their dessert series, which I think is also where the sweet Sounds potato like, was. So my cousin, when I was in, in Florida, um, <laughs> he dipped a snickerdoodle in a gingerbread stout. Which I taste delicious. He left it just sink in there and marinate flavors between the, the cookie and the uh, and the beer. He said his beer tasted better than he had ever had before, and the cookie tasted better. I mean, it sounds delicious. Really? I would do it. Just, just saying. Let me bring this up real quick. And this is a little off topic, but not totally, since we're just firing off some questions here. Thoughts on the Barstool Fund? Uh, they're doing more for, local, or for small businesses than uh, the U.S. government is. That legitimized Barstool more than anything they ever did. Yeah, I uh, think so. You, you have you have Tom Brady coming at him saying, 
I'll throw money at you. I'm in all the way. Scott Van Pelt said, hey, 20K, I got you. Whenever, there's been wherever. two. There's been two one million dollar donations that were publicized. Guy Fieri. I don't know. Guy Fieri went on. Uh, I think he was on like Fox News today or yesterday, um, and and you know boosted it up there. You know he had a fund at the beginning. I guess that was aimed solely at restaurant workers. Obviously, I mean that's kind of his thing. Um, and this one, well, especially small business. Right, right, and, yeah. and then then you've got. This barstool fund where honestly if you are having a bad day and and you want you, you want to cut some onions and have some happy tears go watch go to the, the barstool fund twitter which i think is just at barstool fund um i don't know if ed can double check that for me or not but um literally they they're posting the videos of that from the businesses that they pick like their submission videos, so you can watch their stories, and oh, and, and it's it's heart wrenching watching some of the like. There was one that's like a brewery that's been around since like 1886. It was a recent one today, um, that you know they're like seven generations in, and are looking at an, a, a very bankruptcy. uncertain Probably future, yeah. right? And then the very next video that they share with it is him is portnoy calling yeah to tell these people we're here we're gonna make sure that you make it onto the other side of this thing and obviously like they can't help everyone right, like, right they just can't i mean there's a finite amount of money i think they're up over like 18 or 19 million now um but it's incredible i mean and like ed said i mean they, they're they're literally doing more for small businesses than they're doing more for small businesses than the government they're doing more for small businesses than some of Anyone, these period, these yeah. crazy rich people. Like, I mean, you've got to think some of the some of these people that could you know throw money at it. I think it's a very calculated move by Barstool. I, I think. Oh well, yeah. For for. Well, I mean, everything's going to have to be a business move, but I also think sure. that it's that, so golden though. It's that, it's that's that's really some good. like. It comes from a good place. It does. It does, and yeah, it's going to obviously it's going to endear Barstool forever. To mm -hmm. the American people, it, well, not that Barstool and was, they have not know. had a, a ton of great publicity. No, to their, I mean to their history. Let's be honest. Out, out outside of you know, I mean, let, you know, they started kind of as this like rap boy sports, like you know, yep. goofy thing, and and they continue that. I mean, you right. look at Riggs playing golf and doing these kinds of things out there, and like, but what they put together and what they're able to do for these businesses is. Is incredible. There was a bar. There's a bar in D.C. that um, put out a video where he's like, "Look, my bar's doing okay. Like, I'm going to make it through this as of right now. So every Wednesday, I am donating. Like, they do like a, a happy hour, like a twenty dollar open bar. Um, you just come in and you, you know twenty bucks you drink. Um, well, sure. <clears throat> where he's like, like "Look, I'm going to donate all that liquor, all that beer, whatever it is that's in their open bar that night." Um, and when you come in, instead of paying me $20, you can open the Barstool Fund app, pay, make a $20 donation to the Barstool Fund, and that's your payment for, you know, open, for the open bar. What I like about that, as opposed to what Taft did. Oh, jeez. What, what happened? Taft Brewery. 
where they ran a fundraiser for their employees and kept it for Taft Brewery. You did it go fund me. Didn't give it to their employees. So I like that they make them they make the patrons actually open the app and pay the yeah. charity of choice. He was like, I don't even to... want the he was like, I don't want the money to come to me. But that you make but the thing? That yeah. alleviates everyone from coming back and saying you kept the money or anything like that. Right. As opposed to Taft Breweries who kept the money, closed shop. These people have no idea where their December funds, January funds are coming from because they kept the money that was donated to them on the face value that it was going to go to the employees. And not to, the the fund is great too, but during the initial lockdown, when Dave was going on live for like two hours, opening up. Opening boxes. Opening boxes. It was the greatest thing ever. I mean, I'm, I'm stuck in my house, right? So I'm just watching Dave on Instagram for two hours, opening boxes of goldfish and samurai swords and t-shirts. And, and pizzas. Pizzas. And he was getting like pizzas sent to him, like frozen pizzas. and like Not, not from Tony's pizza, but yeah. I not mean, from Tony's. Tony's didn't. He did get him a pizza. I think so. uh, someone, yeah. someone from Cincinnati sent him a frozen pizza. I think, yeah, somebody did. But I mean, I remember that. I haven't. I don't remember I'm, who it was. I'm not a huge fan of Barstool. I'm not a huge fan of of Dave Fort. I think he's out there, and I mean, it's all show, right? But whatever. Uh, but yeah, no, you're right. They have done a lot for, I guess, everybody through the pandemic, which is. I think. Pretty cool. I, I, think I think they're up over a hundred businesses right now that they've. That they funded out of this uh, this fund, and it's a, it, it it's literally only getting bigger, um, which is incredible. So, um, as we talk about tearjerkers, I kind of want to transition to this, where my bum of the week. Go ahead and play that audio uh, audio ad. Cause you're training like a damn bum, you know that bum, a bum. You are a bum. You're a bum. And that's all you'll ever be! A bum! Well, that hurts, man. So my bum of the week, this week, is whoever let it go through ESPN, <laughs> that Dan, Dan Lebetard had to go. Oh, I thought you were talking about something else. Because I was literally, tears in my eyes, none ever hit my cheeks, I sucked them back in, apparently. Um... Watching Dan Levitard's goodbye video with his dad, and uh, those of you who have listened long enough know that I got some dad issues since my dad passed. Um, but watching watching all that, it hit really close to home for me, and it was a show that I've listened to pretty much every year or every episode for the last like four or five years. Um, that that one hit me, and yeah. I hate to see Dan Levitard go and. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it was. I've never been a listener of his show. I see. So he's leaving ESPN. Is he going to do something independently or anything? They, they've already released new podcasts today independently. Him and his dad. Uh, well, him and his dad did highly questionable. That was right. The show that they did together. I didn't know if he was going to. If his dad was going to jump his dad, in. With his dad had never really been on his show um, outside of like just random phone calls and what have you. Yeah. Um, at least over the past few years. Um, and that was more for comedic value than anything. But, yeah. Uh, 
it was the fact that he and his dad had done Highly Questionable for a decade together, right. and they had just randos on with them, and they grew this family, and uh, it was kind of like, you know, knowing what we're trying to do here as we, you know, bring you in, we, we bring Clay in, and into our umbrella, it's kind of like the same thing, but the other end of it, <laughs> where you've been brought in, but you're being pushed out. Um, so we're we're on the other side of it, right. where we're trying to we're we're trying to grow. And we're trying to do some things, and they, they, they reach the pinnacle, and they're being pushed out because of um, just who knows what reason, to be completely honest. They, they haven't yeah. really publicized a whole lot. I was going to say, I was kind of surprised when I saw that when I saw that pop up on, um, I, actually, I think it was your retweet that I saw that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I clicked and watched the video, and it was. That was what, man, it was like six minutes to the saddest music I think I've ever heard, and I'm literally sitting there trying to get my oil changed at Honda. And I'm sitting there in the waiting room, and I'm like, got my mask on, got my hat on. I no one can see, right? I'm I'm not I'm not tearing up. No, you're crying. I'm not crying. Get out of here. Right. It was, it was tough. They using onion oil. It was tough. I mean, you got any bum of the weeks? On a on a happier note, I think the bum of the week for me is myself, uh, because I bought in on Sunday night to all this rumor that. Uh, Zach Taylor could possibly gone and then Monday morning um, you know Mike Brown basically said to me this is what you wanted so deal with it so so is that on is that on you or is that on Mike Brown I think it's on me for just getting my hopes up like usual Um, also I was also going to say that um, Nick Saban's daughter is also a bum for claiming that OSU was claiming COVID because they didn't want to play. Oh, she apologized? She did, she did apologize. Right, she's not a bum anymore, I guess. Just me. I'm, I'm the bum. But, but, but I, your audio was cutting out because I was talking over you. So say what she was being, what she did again. Oh, uh, She tweeted that uh, Ohio State uh, was claiming COVID cases because they were afraid to play um, Alabama or wanted the time to be extended so their quarterback, could um, JT, whatever his name is, um, could recover from his uh, little injury during the uh, during the game. Is that a, is that a thing? Did I miss something like big? Is that game postponed? Ohio, it's not postponed, but Ohio State is apparently dealing with some COVID stuff. But I did read a tweet that said they will be prepared to play. A thing that is a thing that just developed since we've been recording. Uh, Dr. Dre suffered a brain aneurysm. I, I saw before that. we started recording. I saw that too. Yeah. Twenty twenty one sucks already. Um. No, so my bum of the week is Philadelphia Eagles head coach Doug Peterson. Yeah, he's a bum. Too. That was my number two. I swear yeah, to God, that was my number two. But oh, he's when a damn Dan Levitar was going, I couldn't get away from Dan Levitar. I get it. But what are you doing? That was Doug killing Peterson. Jason Kelsey. You know Jason Kelsey only wants to win. And to sit there and see that his coach is throwing the game, Jason Kelsey probably wanted to rip somebody's head off. If well, there Travis was, there was, was a thing that came out him, today that there were that there were players on the sideline that had to be held back. Yep. Because they I were like Jason Kelsey was one of those players. Had to be with a with a horse head on. Probably, but him and um, the quarterback and somebody else sat on the bench in the rain after the game, um, just. Talking, I mean, I think it's the time we're gonna see Jason Kelsey play for Philadelphia. Well, I mean, it's almost, almost a Justin Harris move, though. Um, the kid from Cincinnati. Who, oh, yeah, that was. We that, and that was, um, that was that uh, was 
Milton's dad tweeted that out. Yeah. Snapped a picture of Justin Harris standing in the end zone, watching Georgia take the Peach Bowl trophy. Only and, and, player to do it. And, and to our knowledge, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and tell me, tell me I mean, that that's what Yeah, tell me that celebration's not going to run in his head all off season while he's in the gym, pumping weights. Tell why. And he's, he's, and he's a backup quarterback, season. you know. And and who knows what what he sees next year? Yeah, Let's true. be honest. We don't know yet because Dead hasn't Des hasn't said anything yet. That has nothing to do with quarterback. He's a backup cornerback. Yeah, My DB. Bad. But yeah, so so but Doug Peterson, just a like, uh, I mean that and that that goes back into what we've said before about like if you're gonna own like a sports team, like you own it to you know try and win, win championships and not just yeah. to like try and make money or whatever. Well, yeah, like take yourself it, back a step though. The, the owner of the Eagles. You know who the owner of the Eagles is? Uh, what the heck is his name? I can't remember. It's, look it up. He's the previous owner of the Marlins, Jeffrey Loria. Oh, yes. Geez. So that shouldn't surprise you. No. I mean, it's for just... A team, it, for a team that traded away, they traded away... Uh, you're going to have to help me with names right now because I've been drinking a whole bottle of champagne. But we, we, they traded away the outfielder for the Yankees. They traded everybody away. They traded everybody, yeah. Giancarlo? Yeah, John Carlos Stanton. They traded away the outfielder for the Milwaukee Brewers. Um. Oh, yeah, take I can't think of his name. Yeah. You want to hit I, I get what you're saying though, but this is on a totally they've other level. Every, well, they've imploded every time they've put something together because they didn't this, want to pay anybody. This is a totally yeah, but. This tank was to move up. You know, if, if you win, I think they said like if they won, like the Eagles jump back to like number nine. FU, it was also the biggest fu to the Giants that the Giants have ever gotten in their entire life. Uh, Eli Manning. I mean, this is why we don't like you guys. I mean, it's uh, just unbelievable that you you take Fletcher, out Fletcher Cox said we don't like you either. Yeah, I, I mean, saw it too. I, I don't get it. Like, I. I uh, you you can never make it make sense to me, and that's why he's my bum of the week. It's a good bum. That's a good bum. Maybe the bum of the year, and it's early. Brewers outfielder. I didn't look it up. It's gonna take too long. No, you just look at Brewers home runs. Christian Yelich. That quick. By the way, I retweeted those videos from the barstool fund that uh, Jeff was talking about. Yeah, I mean, just go go watch them. Grab some tissues, but they will make you happy at the end. So know that it was hard for me. Let's watch him, Dan and his dad. Say goodbye. Watch them, because a lot of them, a lot of them are, you know, like old guys yeah. who have owned the bar, and it's like their yeah. kids. Like, hey, we need to do this to try and keep this place from imploding. And their dad's like, no, you know, we're just gonna fight through it. You no, know, we should probably try and reach out, and then they reach out, and then they get it, and they get a call from Dave, and they're like, bawling their eyes out, and it's like he's like, and know. it's the most genuine you've seen Dave ever, probably. Yeah, I mean, so. the only other time you've seen him is opening packages while usually high on some kind of drug, or eating and, pizza, and eating pizza. Oh. So, cool. All right, well, for Jeff and for Ed, I am Aaron. We tried to get this thing back to a normal format with the bring back of the questions-ish. 
And the bring back of the What's in Ed's Fridge, the bring back of the Bum of the Week. We'll look and see what we're going to do for the coming year, 2021, as we just try and get the best podcast out for you that we can do. But for the first podcast of this year, 2021, post JC, we out. Peace. Say it.